0: Keep your finger on the pulse of the financial industry with Finteract, an online community of forward-thinking financial advice professionals. Finteract is your digital hub to stay on top of trends, start conversations, connect with fresh perspectives, and gain valuable insights from peers. No sales pitches, just a collaborative, members-only community to help you maintain a growth mindset, inspire others, and learn new ways to propel your business forward. Apply to join at Finteract.net.
1: Welcome to An Industry in Transition, the must-listen-to podcast for financial advisors and industry leaders from Tony Siriani, the CEO and publisher of Advisor Hub, where we explore the week's news and events and put our ever-changing business into perspective. Tony is joined each week by industry leaders, mavericks, and disruptors who give their take on our industry and their thoughts on where we are headed. If you want to remain relevant, you can't miss it. Now, here's your host, Tony Siriani. Welcome, everyone,
2: to another edition of the Tony Sirianni podcast. We're very happy to have our friend Rob Bartenstein with us. Uh, Rob, thanks for being here. Good to be here. Wealth, you know, great, great to have you. So, nice. I think people enjoy our our conversations because um, it's not too hard for us to fill you know twenty minutes of time with the the burning yeah. topics of the day. Uh, two things I really wanted to hit on were, were equity and the different notions of equity. That, that seems really big in our, you know, space right now. And then yeah. maybe just, you know, hit on AI a little bit, you know, what what people think uh, or what you're thinking, you know, in terms of, you know, where, where this is going to be, I think it's got to be part of next year's, you know, plans for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, but also, you know, maybe start out a little bit, you know, state of in the industry. I mean, we're, we're coming to the end of the year here. Um, you know, where, 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 where are you seeing things? What inning are we in with the MA stuff, you know, from your perspective and you're, you're right in it there. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been another great year for us here at Kestra. Um, as you know, we're not really trying to be the next biggest anything Um we're, we tend to kind of work with fewer, larger advisors, which is great. And it's a, it's a great way to, 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 um, create a business, a shared partnership with advisors. And it's been, you know, I looked at that trend, as you know, we were early, right. (laughs) But, uh, but as things have progressed, it's really kind of taken off. And I, you know, I'm looking at year over year numbers going back to about 2018 and it just goes parabolic um, right about there. So, Each of the big firms has kind of taken their turn in the in the woodshed, so to speak, with with advisor departures. And that's a yearly kind of thing. Um, Last year, I think the big for us, at least the big surprise was Edward Jones. We we had not worked with any Edward Jones advisors previous previously. And um, all of a sudden, it seemed like everybody we were talking to was coming from Edward Jones all over the country. And and Merrill and it continues to be Edward Jones and Merrill this year has continued to be Edward Jones and Merrill this year although we brought in some great teams from other firms those those tend to be the two two uh, firms that seem to have the the momentum in in regards to departures at the moment yeah. and that changes year over year as I say but um, where we are in the in the evolution I mean I think the M and A thing is just taking a breather right now just with. Uh, the, you know, the rate increases and the cost of capital increases over the last year, which were pretty sharp. That has, obviously, it has a big impact on valuation and what people are willing to pay or can pay. And um, and I well, think- what, that
2: What's that's... interesting about that is because, yeah, you see that, but you also see that we, you know, let's look back because like you said, we've been here for a while, right, in this thing. So you look back over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, the M&A stuff has morphed to fit. You know Oh yeah, what's and it, it, will, like it, so it, it will continue to. Yeah, so let, let's take a partial. You know, we a minority. Yeah. Let's do that. I mean, it's just very interesting.
0: Well, for better or worse, you know, investment bankers have crowded into the space, and and that, and, and I would say for the better in a sense because it's really, um, it's it's made the, the it's made that whole process more sophisticated. It's made it, I think, more accurate. Um, that's good for buyers and sellers and, and people are reaping the rewards of that. I think private equity is obviously playing a big role. There's a lot of money chasing this space in the aggregate. And so you see a lot of firms getting infusions of capital, big firms, small firms, middle sized firms. There are a lot of people that want to be in this space. So it's, it's vibrant. I just think at the, at this very second in time, um, there's a little bit of a pause, but I can already see it. You know, we, we have, um, Blue Spring Wealth, which is a, a division of our firm, that's all they do is go out and acquire firms. And, and after a little bit of a lull, I'm aware of, I think, three deals that we already have on the board that we're going to be wrapping up. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's not likely to slow down anytime soon. And, and that inverted demographic pyramid that we live in in this business, where everybody's old at the top and very few people are young at the bottom... Everyone's looking eventually for the succession plan, or for the or for and the, the and exit ramp,
2: and that's the benefit of of what you guys are doing, and everybody, you know, other people who are developing firms as in the RIA space as a model, right? Because right. you it's uh, you need a part two. All, all, I want to say it's impossible, but it's pretty difficult to to do on your own. Sitting, you're in Des Moines, you know, who do you know? How are you going to get somebody to come in and be be your successor? Right? That's that's a huge. You know, that's a huge issue. The other challenge is you you mentioned, you know, the the M and A guys coming in and aggregating. I've always kind of felt the business Rob is like cut between deal guys and business guys. And a lot of these aggregators are deal guys. I don't know how good that is for the business. You know, they, they do a deal. They sort of mush guys together. It, it's not a firm. I think they wake up one yeah. day and they realize they bought a baseball team, not a football team, that these guys are free for individual. They're going to run it. They're going to do what they want to do, you know, whenever, right. whenever they want to do it. Whereas, you know, you you guys, are you're, you're building a business around the notion of independence that, that somebody can join and that it's a little more than just, you know, here's some cash. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this thing down the road.
0: Oh, thank God. It's not that. I mean, I, I I couldn't do that. And I know you couldn't do that either. That's out there for sure. I mean, we've seen examples of that and some of them, frankly, haven't worked out very well. Right. Um, But, yeah. but I, I feel like, and I think we here at, at Kestra feel like this has always been about even all the way back from the beginning with, with you and everybody else. I think we, we've always thought this was about the advisor and the client together. That's the, center of the universe. That's the north star. And if we keep that the north star, then we're not always going to be right, but we're going to make a lot more correct decisions, directionally correct decisions. And that to me means it's we, we are building something. I'm not building something, Scott's not building something. You know, we with the advisors are building something. And that culture really comes through. We we're, we're going to have a big meeting here in um in February. And when, when we get all the folks together and the numbers are kind of, Tony, believe it or not, we're going to probably do 75, $80 million of top line this year. Mm. And, um, just in the it little happens. private health services space. And, and then we're at 60 plus firms and, you know, 150 advisors and growing. It's, it's crazy. I mean, the, the quarterly billings were were things that you and I would have high-fived annual billing on, you know,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but but that when we get those folks together, what shocks people and they'll say this too is the you know the third party people kind of pull me aside and say how do you get a hundred entrepreneurs in the room to act like they're all one firm, and it's not because we're cajoling anybody to do it. It's just that's the that's the environment. So you're right. You can choose you can choose aggregator deal money driven stuff, or you can choose build a business. And you know we've obviously chosen to build a business.
2: Yeah, well we've also worked with uh, advisors for a long time, and I think there's a I don't know, you read the wrong kind of newspapers or something that's, it, it, and, you know, even with us, there's always, you don't write about advisor had a great day. There's always a, you know, this guy did something right. stupid, whatever. So, right. uh, you know, there's an element out there, of you know, advisors are being kind of rogue or rogue independence, but they, I think they love being part of a team. You know, m- my experience yeah. has been that, you know, and that's why, you know, Morgan Stanley, they're not going away. They have a they right. have a, people like to be part of, you know, right. something bigger than themselves. I just think that that that's 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 human nature. The fact that you can get them to be part of something bigger, the big, let them blossom entrepreneurially—that's the trick. And I'm like, that's and right. This and that—that's where you could differentiate,
0: right? And and I think I think we've always said, it, you know, the folks that want to work with us, they want to be independent and they don't want to be alone, right? So that some people want to be independent and alone and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a, that's a style. And there are a lot of styles to as many people as do this business, that's how many ways you can do it. And that's always been true. Um, but we just attract a certain kind of advisor and that's, what's great for us. And, and there are a lot of great firms in this space that are helping people go independent. We are not the silver bullet or the, you know, one-stop answer for everybody, but what we do, I think, you know, we do it consistently.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that, that that's the thing that advises yeah you know, look for from your point of view right all you want is a look you want the right guy to take a look that's all and and the right guy the right or woman, girl or gal yeah mean you know, well men and women take a look and if they if if they if they do and they and they fit you know that that's that's the trick it's not yeah it's not for and girls, I, it's not
0: for and people. you're right you're 100 right and I think one of the things that I'm careful to try to say to folks when we're when we're having those early conversations is as much as i can i'm really not trying to sell you on this i'm trying to educate you about how it works and why it works and if that resonates with you then we've got something to talk about and if it doesn't that's okay you know
2: well, it's interesting one of the things that that you've done from the beginning a little bit differently is the real estate yeah so talk about that a little because you don't that you don't i'm just thinking differentiators you know for you guys yeah we well you we sure did start out
0: planning to be a reit <laughs> but but we become one so um, you know, closing in on about 100,000 square feet around the country the hard way, about, you know, 2,000 or so at a time. But um, yeah, I, look, I think we're the only firm that does it end to end from day one till forever. And no, that I means-
2: think that, I think that's true. I mean, I'm just trying to think of others, you know, they're really, yeah. really at least nobody doing the ecosystem like you are. And right.
0: it's just because well, it's, well, it's too hard. Yeah, our position has always been, let's narrow the gap from being in- wirehouse as an employee and wanting to be independent let's narrow that gap as close as we can so somebody can step over they don't have to leap into the void and leaping into the void if you've been an advisor for 25 years and successful and never had to rent or build commercial real estate that's scary stuff you know you don't you don't know
2: at a minimum it's a it's a pain
0: at a minimum it's a tremendous pain yeah. And at worst, you get, you know, taken for a ride in a way you didn't understand or anticipate. But at the very least in our program, the economic risk of that entire enterprise is on our side of the ledger. And we have a project management team that does that. They're pros at it. That's what they do. They, they find it for you. You pick, you know, you point, that's the one I want of the 10 choices. I want that one. Okay. We go into work with the landlord, negotiate everything up. And then the project management general contractor guys come in behind it and build it to suit what you want as the advisor. Yeah. And then we pay the rent and take care of it forever. Yeah.
2: And yeah, it's a big deal.
0: I, I appreciate you pointing that out. I mean, I, I forget that, you know, that's, we've been doing it so long. I forget that that's a unique thing, but, but honestly, I think it makes a big difference.
2: Yeah. And that, I was just thinking about that because you said, you sit down, yeah, you're not trying to talk guys into it, but that those are the things you should be telling them, right? This is the, you're going to, there's a lot of big world out there. Yeah. And I think, to sort of deal people from business people, making that separation in advisors' minds, it, you know, is critical. There was a big thing, you know, when when we were at the wirehouses all the time. It was like the sports analogy when when the the the, the player says, "You yeah, know, every time I say it's a business, you say it's a game. Every time I say it's gonna you know, the owner, every time you says it's a game, it's a yeah. business, right? You know, when you when you when you want them to come in and 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 uh, you know get you a new uh, assistant, they're like." It's your business. You're an entrepreneur. Right? You do it. You, you do it. And then when yeah. you're saying, "I need a better payout," it's like it's, 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 it's a business. We can't be, we can't be doing yep. that. yeah. You're an employee. So it's the employee yep. versus entrepreneur thing, you know. And that that's a struggle to get over.
0: For sure, we're we're really focused on trying to be the hospital and let the advisor be the surgeon. And you know they want to come in every day and operate. That that's what they do best. That's what they like to do. That's why they're so highly regarded. And that's what we want them to do. We don't want them to, you know, sterilize equipment and wheel the guy to the curb. You know, they want to perform operations. So that's try. That's the environment we're trying to provide. So it's it's an echo of what they've always had from a support standpoint, with a much friendlier face attached to it, and and a lot and people that are anxious to serve them because these are independent contractors and they are independent and they can go anywhere they want, anytime they want. So it's, it behooves us to get up every day and get after it on the service side. And, th- and that's a very virtuous cycle, right? I mean, it's just like when you were an advisor and you had clients, they could leave you at any moment for any reason. And this is the same.
2: Yeah, yeah you gotta, you gotta work at it. And yeah, and yeah, I'm, not, I'm d- back to the aggregator guys. I'm not sure they understand that when they when they develop these things, you know. No, really, I think you're you know, right about that. Yeah, you know, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's a yeah, it's a get up every day and get at it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So when I, I look over the next year, I haven't written out my um, you know, predictions of you know where we're going. But I'm looking forward think, to that. That's gonna be good. it's going good. I have it in my head. I just have to find the time. Okay. A Uh, But one of the things is that I'm looking at is AI. So it is a, I'll I'll just briefly tell you kind of what, you know, some of the basics from my point of view, you know, it's a tool, right? It's not a, it, it, it can't look back. That's the good news for us right now. It can't, I can only look back. I mean, it can't look forward. It, it, making a prediction is not going to be what it's what it's about. But right. when I look at some of the systems that AI has now, they're getting close, right? So it's it's not, this is not robo advising, which I think you and I both thought was a joke, right? So right. this is, AI, I think has real application. So at our events that we did, we had advisors coming in, they were saying uh, simple things like, a newsletter it used to be the, the the worst pain in the ass job on the team nobody wanted to do it, it goes you know once a month to the, the 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 lowest paid employee has to put it together right right paid employee and then um now they do weekly because they can they can and so now they have a great weekly newsletter it takes two minutes it doesn't take seven hours of cutting and pasting right the, Yeah. The time and they go and you have uh you know these ai things where you can put in you know or take your 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 Investments, put Iran uh, or Iran or uh, <laughs> israel has war, and it'll tell you which ones are could be impacted, you know, potentially. You know, that's pretty valuable, you know, stuff from an AI perspective. Yeah, and I've I've been asked this maybe a half dozen times recently by advisors. You know, is this going to take away our job? Is AI going to take away our our job? So, I've come to conclusion. I'm not going to. I would say. If you don't adapt to the tool of using AI, you are going to lose your job. <laughs> AI will take your job. The advisors that know how to use it are going to take away your job. Because if you just yeah. sit there with it, you're going to have a
0: problem. This I may mean, be a, this happen. this may be a horrible way to try to express my thoughts on this, but there the movie was uh, was Avatar, right? Remember that? And the and the bad guy had that big exoskeleton thing that he rode around in. I, I think that. AI in a way is kind of like that for advisors. You know, it's it's not going, let me say as a baseline. It's not going to replace an advisor, a good advisor. And, and the reason it's not is that people are still, when it's, when it's big decision time and it's big money and big planning, they want to look somebody in the eye and they want to know that they're dealing with someone who has a track record, experience, et cetera. And so I don't think a machine anytime soon is ever going to adequately replace that. But I do see AI as a great way to augment what you're already doing. And a great example might be, um, there are a lot of financial planning suites of software out there. AI could be woven into that to prompt the right kinds of questions that an advisor might have missed based on previous inputs um yeah, they're, they're, you see you a know, lot of
2: compliance applications a lot of rugby compliance for sure
0: there's i mean there's already a, a firm out there i think it's doing a great job i think it's called seeker that is working on ai for compliance which will be super helpful um for advisors and for firms just trying to you know manage all the regulatory requirements there's a there's a software out there called holista plan and i don't want to be you know i'm not like shilling for anybody but i'm i'm aware of the effectiveness of that's a tax planning yeah, software yeah. that uses ai to examine a client's tax return and we we've had advisors have tremendous amounts of success with that even working with cpas they're not threatened by it they're in other words it's giving good recommendations and they're they're uh, they're appropriately delivered so i mean i think ai ends up being a force multiplier if used properly by advisors, I don't I mean, think the, it kills the business.
2: The, the trick is that you know one of the 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 raps always on the independent space versus the you know the wires, and certainly when you're in a wirehouse, they tell you this every day. But that there's, you're going to have a diminution in technology when when you leave, and I think you know AI could be a point like that where you're where right. you're saying you know. Whereas I think I've always felt that you're you're more nimble, right? <laughs> in right. That so just. Where do you think that sort of lands in terms of uh, maybe being another dividing point technology between the large wires making investments in AI?
0: Well, they clearly have large budgets, right? And they're not afraid when they bite down on something, they're not afraid to pour money into things. So they may be, you know, it's funny, like you go back to the early 2000s or the late 90s, Merrill had that massive budget. They made that massive tech spend. They led the industry and it was amazing. And it actually helped the industry because other people copied what they did and course, there, were, there were a lot of good innovations there. Yeah. It it ultimately ended up, the firm ended up being sold for more than they spent on the technology, which is sort of a you know an irony of the 08 debacle. But um that sort of investment in a way has had does have the propensity to create trickle down. That, so there's that. Um I, I don't know. I, I think I, that we're, we're I, going to struggle at least initially and this is where big firms may have an advantage i'm not a technologist so i don't know but you've got a lot of public space in ai that had would would theoretically then have client information in it which you can't have right so so the the question becomes how do you chinese wall that those that issue how do you keep the private information private and still have access to the public cloud where the AI chat GPT type stuff lives. And, and maybe a large firm is able to solve that quicker given their budget. I don't I don't I, know. I,
2: I think like, because uh, it's funny you mentioned large firm, you know, Merrill started the CMA and people were like, yeah. why the hell would I want to give my clients a checkbook, take money out of their account? It didn't make sense to a lot of people. And now everybody uses it. It's, it was a great idea. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think they've lost the ability to innovate though. I, I don't count on them doing much innovation and i think that the benefit that we have on the independent side is that you have these sort of smaller firms more nimble right you're able to adapt i think you're going to see people like that you, you use or you're like an investment or like a you know like take on that role and bring in ai in a, in a selective way and then you're going to pick and choose like you said some of the people you just mentioned your guys are already using it and your guys will get to use it faster than they would as long as you can well yeah it- look i
0: yeah don't misunderstand me i'm
2: just saying yeah
0: i I certainly don't think that the uh the big firms have an advantage over us in in the aggregate i think being small and nimble and being cloud-based as we are is a huge advantage and that's been proven out you know year over year over year for the last several years so so you're right i think that if if we're talking about practical application we are definitely going to be first um we're definitely going to have the as an industry i'm saying you know the independent space we're going to have the people that are out there testing this stuff, playing with it, getting used to it, integrating it into their practices way before the kind of the, the um, what do we call those people? The business prevention units back at the, at the <laughs> old firms, you know? That I, think not the something... is, I think
2: the pressure is going to go that way. I think the pressure is going to come from you guys, you know, the other advisors. Yeah. Going to be like, What's going on well, the pressure right is going to have to
0: come from either, either the pressure comes from the top down inside a huge organization like that. And they get sort of a, Carte Blanche, green light to to be malleable, or the pressure is going to be a competitive upward pressure by by their advisors who are just saying, look, we're getting smoked because you guys can't keep up.
2: Right, right, and I think that's the kind of thing that clients want to hear about. People want to hear that you're, you know, they're they're dealing with somebody who's tech savvy, even if even right. if you're just using marginal way in your book. I think it's important. So totally well, believe it or not, we, we are we are out of time. Anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about today?
0: Well, I know you you'd mentioned equity at the front. I mean, I think uh, just my my quick snippet on equity, and I'm always thinking about, you know, our our peers, our former contemporaries, the guys that we worked with at the big firms and, and where they are today. I know that it's a tough mind shift. Everyone thinks about independence and think about payout. You know, yeah. my payout's going to be higher. And, and that's true. Yeah, your cash flow is going to be better. But what you're really doing is you're getting out of a cash flow world and you're getting into an equity equity world. And yeah. they couldn't be any more different, you know. And at the end of the day, what's happening out there right now, to our earlier conversation about MA, the, the individual firms merging, buying, et cetera, that stuff's still happening. There's there's I don't think there's been any real let up in that in that business. But the good thing is they're EBITDA-based deals, by and large, again, back to the accuracy and efficiency and all that that's sort of evolved. That's great. And they're and they're going, you know, these businesses, advisory businesses that are advisory based, that are clean and well run and systematic. I mean, those multiples are anywhere from probably low six to high 12, right? Mm-hmm. So so what what I what I always try and get folks to remember as they look over the fence, and that's who I think I'm talking to here, um, is that yes, cash flow will be better for sure. Um, but you are going to now own an entity that at some point in your lifetime could generate five, 10, $15 million of EBITDA at a 10 multiple, you do the math. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lawyer like you, I, I'm not great at math, but um, th- th- that's not hard math to do. So um, that's where I think the independent space it has a crown jewel that sometimes gets overlooked in the you know the jet wash of everything else that's going on it's also very positive it's
2: two, when they when they it's two transactions there there there's a transition element right but mm-hmm. then you know you, you got to encourage everybody to think about part two
0: and when, yeah you gotta be long term you gotta yeah, think yeah. long term
2: and uh you know the, the other advantage that you guys have is uh you you have a balance sheet to work yeah uh, i've done it without a
0: balance sheet it's not, yes, it's it's not as easy it's a lot harder that's a
2: lot harder to do so the confidence okay. that you would have saying i know these guys will they'll, well, they'll buy my book when i retire yeah, I
0: don't have yeah. To go that, that has been a huge a change for the better over the evolution of the firm for sure i mean having now being part of this balance sheet um is is you know that makes all the difference in the world in that context
2: yeah well when you shake somebody's hand you realize you know hey we're gonna do this for you
0: so right can- exactly exactly yeah yeah
2: well look uh, I'm. Glad we covered all that stuff. It's great, great to catch up. We'll do it again. And good to see um, you. Happy holidays.
0: Have a have a merry Christmas. Best of the family. Hope oh, we'll hope uh, oh, we'll see each other in person sometime soon.
2: Well, come to we'll, we'll see you at the events next year. We'll make sure we do. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All all right.
0: right. Thanks. Bye sure. bye.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on An Industry in Transition. Make sure to visit our website, www.advisorhub.com, and subscribe to Advisor Hub. It's free, and you won't miss any Advisor news or events. While you're on site, check out all the podcasts available. Click on the deals pages and resources tab for valuable content. Or check out the market section with its guru predictions, latest fintech offerings, you name it. Feel free to email Tony Sirianni about specific questions we can address on the show. He can be reached by email at contact@advisorhub.com. advisorhub.com. Please note that all requests and questions are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for the next Industry in Transition episode.